Hey everybody, welcome in to episode 55 of the Fuse Relativity Podcast. That's two fives, double fives, high fives all around. Yes. Alright, I feel <laughs> like that would have been better. <laughs> that would have been better if Kirk was here. He would have had some witty remark, but <clears throat> John, uh, another week down. It's Friday night, doing a podcast. How are you doing this evening? Uh... It's a very tough and complicated question that you have posed to me on this Friday of evenings. Uh, or you could just say good. <laughs> <laughs> no, so it, it's funny. All that, that stress that I went through over the last two weekends was because, and I'll, I'll explain it, our partner complex was like, oh, you're too cluttered, you need to yada yada yada. So we clean, cl- decluttered all of that. Turns out they just want us out of this apartment unit so they can renovate it. But because we did such a good job decluttering and getting rid of stuff, they technically couldn't say we couldn't renew, but they really want us out so they can renovate it. So, sure. yeah, that's that. That's that was what was causing so much stress over the last two weeks. But now that it's all solved. It's all done, over with. Everything's happy-ish. Uh, my new gripe is I spent most of the evening putting together my new printer. Only to have it not be able to nice. print. Because I absolutely hate bed leveling. I don't... Yeah, it, you, were complaining about, you were complaining about it, and it's really not that big a deal, in my opinion. Until you have a Prusa and you don't even... That's the thing. Like, you're used to it. I don't have to do that. My Prusa just doesn't do that. Uh, and it's, my tears are not very small for you, John. Yeah, I know. Or, but the, my problem was... I got no tears for you there. <laughs> I, perfect, I, I leveled the bed exactly how, you know, I told you how to do it. And then when I went to go print, it's... It's almost like the bed's warped because it was so far off the middle and you can't uh, you can't exactly level the middle because it's there's only four leveling points. So I don't know what I'm going to do. I just I gave up on it. Well, theoretically, once you level your four sides, your middle should be. Pretty pretty well set as long as it's leveled to the four sides. Unless the bed's warped or the frame's warped or something to that effect, um, there's no way to fix it. I have other problems with that printer, like you can't adjust the Z offset in while you're printing, which was why. Like, I get not being able to do some things while you're printing, but not being able to adjust the Z on the fly kind of is dumb and the silence well, I'm guessing you I've never adjusted the Z offset so I don't really know why that sucks it, it's just it's a micro adjustment for your printer like I can go to the hundreds of millimeters and while you're printing like if you're doing a big flat surface and you notice that oh hey that doesn't look quite right you can tell the printer mid print hey go up a little bit you're you're way too close to the bed and it will save that oh. so you don't have to stop the print do a minor adjustment try run it again thinking oh i hope this works no you can just adjust it on the go while you're printing and hopes that everything uh works this printer does the, the the Neptune doesn't have that, which it's an annoyance. But yeah, I'm just gonna have to get the the bed leveled or try to get the bed leveled. Yeah, I feel like that's probably just once you get it, you'll be fine, and then you'll stop thinking about it. But no, it's yeah. I, I I also 
I mean, this is the first printer I have that has a filament run out. No, it doesn't. My press has a filament run out center. I was thinking it was the first one, but it's got two, so that's nice. As it should, it has two filaments for you to run through it, so. Mine has three, but I also took them off. Or I never assembled them because I think they're pointless, but. Yeah. I mean, you say that until you have filament break. I only say that because I've had filament break because uh, I have old filament. Yeah, that hasn't really been an issue for me, so I don't feel like it's something that I'm necessarily uh, upset about or needing to adjust. Well, good for you. I did the... Eh. No, I today was... Uh, it's an interesting day. Because we've got at least the next year settled, I was like, all right, we can start doing... getting. I can start planning some of the stuff because my anniversary and my wife's birthday is coming up. And uh, she already knows about this, but I'm going to make her the Book of the Dead from the Mummy. Okay. I I had to. So I, this was a, a you have to buy the files. This is someone that's put in the time and the work. So you have to buy the files. I need your printer because uh, you need my printer. So there's two ways to do it. You can do it with the the actual book pages, um, or the pages that were in the movie, or you can turn it into a box. I think the box is a much cooler idea because it's it you know you put the little key in, it turns, it opens up. Having a box would be kind of neat. Um, yeah. The, it's too big to print on my printer, even when it's cut in half. I What's had to, the dimension? Well, it's it's a, I don't know, bigger than my printer. It's like, because he suggested that it was, um, you needed a two hundred by two or twenty, no, yeah, two hundred by two hundred to print, which you know I have, right, but. Uh, let me see if I can find it real quick. The, uh, yeah, the frame is just, or the, I, it is very hard to talk and do something at the same time. Uh, We've it noticed. is 190 by 285 by 68. So where's your problem? It's. Is it the, the height that's the issue? Well, no, it's the two eighty five. That two eighty five, regardless of where you slice or put it, it um. Yeah, it's just it doesn't fit on my bed. Even when you try and rotate it, anything like that, it just doesn't. Well, mine fit. Are, mine's three twenty. Yeah, but so I got it, you. I got you covered. Well, no, no, no. I. I I that was being I was joking because you obviously have the bigger size bed and I wish I would have gotten the bigger size bed. Um the thing that I was going to say was I had to scale it back to 90%, which is still going to be a massive uh book. Like it's not going to be small. But the I I did a cuz I wanted to know how much filament it was going to use and all of that. Sorry, I had to cough. Um, oh, like $50 worth of filament for this book. Two thousand grams? Oh yeah. Like it's it's wow. so they they have it as black and gold, but the uh so in gold it would take five hundred grams, which is, you know, okay. Well, I say, so just for the book, at 90%, it would take uh, just under two kilograms of plastic. So about 40-ish dollars. But then you have to print the key and uh, some other stuff. 
No, just the key. But that's per book. So it's it's an expensive book. I was wondering why cuz a lot of these 3D modelers will allow you to sell their models after you print them if you have or sign up for their Patreon or something to that effect. Uh right. And I was wondering why everyone was charging like $400 for this book. No, I I completely understand. Cuz even with um huh was it just a lot of work? Well, even with 4 6 8 10 12 you would need 13 printers to get this printed in one day. All right, well that's a lot. <laughs> like and without it, it takes 183 hours to print on its own. Which is, I think it was just over eight days. And a lot of them, you, a lot of these prints are like 24 hour prints, or actually most of the, the black parts of the book are like 24 hour prints. All the gold ones aren't. But let's. Uh, I don't want to do that. Um, yeah, it's just, it's kind of ridiculous. And it's a good segue to what I wanted to talk about today, which was uh, 3D printing is kind of low-key being I think it's, it's, it's relevancy is being shown. Because I don't know if you've saw, but Prusa Printers, which was uh, Prusa's 3D file sharing site, is now called printables.com. I did see that. They uh, now have a Thingiverse-type website. And the cool thing about it is you can actually get filament just by uploading models and having people download them and all of that. Which is cool. I, I think that's an awesome gimmick. Hopefully it's a sustainable gimmick. Um, because they, they currently have 120,000 models. But the, uh, the thing that I wanted to know or to talk about was they came out uh, a couple days before that. And, oh no, maybe it was, it was the same day. They designed a bunch of 3D printed braces that could be shipped, um, that you can print and ship to Ukraine. By braces, what are you talking about? Like hand braces, wrist braces, finger. Um... Oh, like sprint, splint kind of things? Yeah, splints. That would have been a better term. Uh, they also have tourniquets. Uh, like they, they, it's a very interesting concept. Well, it could be, yes. Well, the, the other thing with it is, um, because one of the pictures I saw over the last week was uh, a UAV with a 3D printed uh, bomb on it. That Ukraine was using. And I think it was just like a grenade with uh, some fins. It was essentially just a grenade with some fins, I would assume. But the fact that 3D printers could... I don't want to say change the tide of war, but... They are a lot more... Uh, what's a good way to put it? Old world ways of manufacturing are great for cost time effectiveness and everything 3d printing it's just much faster and it fills a gap do you, do you get where i'm going with this or am i just kind of talking to myself and making no sense i don't really see your point at this moment okay so Let's say there is some sort of natural 
catastrophe or whatever, and they need a specific type of... Well, in like this case, uh, not that Ukraine is necessarily calling and saying, hey, we need thumb splints, but the fact that, you know, everyone in the world with a 3D printer can just print off a bunch of thumb splints and send them in, you know, there's millions of printers. For a manufacturing company to spool up, get the design, get it situated, and get it rolling to mass produce would take weeks to months potentially right so when you have a need like this like if something were to happen and you need a whole lot of you know it, i guess it really is only effective when you're talking about like war or stuff like that but you could print stuff to replace a need or to fill a need before traditional manufacturing techniques come in. Well, and I did see maybe a story this week that was talking about how someone has come up with a 3D printable, I think they called it a shoulder, shoulder launching, like a shoulder grenade launcher that could ship into a mortar but I don't know if it was for like theoretically if it was just for play or if it was for an actual like war purpose I would assume it's like airsoft or something like that airsoft's big into kind of those uh, you know over the top things But I could see how 3D printing would be maybe somewhat implemented into, you know, these types of situations where you have UAVs and and a lot more versatility with those types of uh, wartime gadgets, I guess is what you would call them. But for speed and efficacy, I don't know how much it's going to benefit for that. But I guess if you needed to make a design that was out of the norm, it could be good. Well, that's what I mean. It's, you know, like, do they need, or, you know, is there a need for thumb splints? Probably not, you know, not, not a huge need, but it's something that, is uh that can be filled very quickly sure i don't know it's just it it was the concept like the fact that this isn't the first time prusa has done this either at the start of the pandemic they came out with uh files for face shields i want to say there was other stuff that they was in there but you know it was something, you know, that, that would have been a better thing to start off with instead of trying to talk about thumb splints. Um, <sighs> because, you know, face shields, it wasn't something that was, you know, it was a niche-esque market. But then the pandemic hits and, you know, everyone wanted face shields. I still have the one I 3D printed with, or that's sitting in my locker at work. I have much better ones now, but. Well, it kind of seems like that's just a. How would you say that? That was a product of a situation, which is what I think well, a lot of 3D printing is, but. Well, that's what I mean. Um, it's. It can fill a niche gap fast. Oh, certainly can. We've been working on our own niche gaps for over a year. So, I mean, that's kind of where we started this, this whole thing was with 3D printing and trying to be in a niche gap. So, I get it. Yeah. 
Well, I'm going to switch gears because I don't know if we're being 100% riveting at the moment. No, I uh, was kind of off my... Like I said, it's... it's... <laughs> but I wanted to talk about... So I posed this to you and you immediately were like, oh, no, we're not talking about that. But I wanted to talk about conspiracy theories in a sense because... Somehow the Mandela effect came back across my my world. And I started thinking about conspiracy theories again. And for those who don't know, the Mandela effect is basically a culmination of people. Some people think that Nelson Mandela died 30 years ago. Well, almost it would have been almost 40 years ago now when he actually died in 2013. Ironically, I fall into the category of people who was pretty sure that he died in the 80s. Like, I, I feel like I remember hearing multiple times that he died in the 80s in, like, a prison camp. Yeah, but that's... You weren't even alive when he was supposed to have died. Right. So, the, that was kind of my point is wherever I picked up that little seed of knowledge is probably from someone who was under some sort of, um, you know, they had their facts wrong, so now I remember those facts wrong. My point was, when it comes to conspiracy theories, as I thought about it and I did a little more deep diving into it, I found it fascinating that it seems to be fairly easy to fall into a conspiracy theory given the right circumstances. And it kind of gave me a perspective into basically how conspiracy theories exist and why people follow them. Okay. Like, uh, what's, what's what's a conspiracy theory that you believe in? Is there any? Off the top of my head, no, but that's because a lot of the ones that are currently circulating are all very heavily right-wing leaning. Like, and well, it's, a lot of them aren't... Well, I'll put it this way. The ones that I know of are extreme far-right. Um, and that's just because they keep popping up because they're so absurd. Like the fact that JFK is coming back, like that, that <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> but you see my point. Like they, that was what people actually thought. They thought he was coming back. Yeah. And uh, so, I I agree. And that one, you know, JFK coming back. That's a that's an example of a conspiracy theory that. <laughs> People, I think, want to believe that he's not dead, but... So, without getting the politics into it, the the funniest thing of it is, he was a Democrat, and it was the Republicans that are hoping he comes back. That's what got me. Especially in today's... But you found the fallacy in the conspiracy theory based off of of looking at it from a side of well this doesn't make any sense because why would why would one side want him to come back versus the other and you're talking about a republican side saying they should come back and then you're saying well that's ridiculous i don't agree with that okay uh, uh and so the, but that's well you're walking away from well kind of walking into and away from my point all at the same time was <clears throat> For a collective, it seems like a collective perception is what really makes or breaks a conspiracy theory. Consider lizard people in living is, underneath of the earth. Which I found out recently is surprisingly an anti-Semitic conspiracy theory. Right. But you're looking at it from a completely... You know, conspiracy theories are theories that are not proven because 
most of the time they are there's not enough facts to prove them and everything comes from a source yes you could say it's political anti-semitic whatever i'm kind of speaking towards the what is it that gets you to jump on board and the Mandela effect really pushed that into perspective for me because I'm thinking about it going, that's an easy one, you know, because how many of all the things that you could classify under the Mandela effect, which is simply just misinformation or a memory that was not considered, you know, you have a memory of something one way, but it's historically a different way. So... I'll, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say uh, what it boils down to is cons- I think conspiracy theories are fascinating in this sense because all it takes is for you to find one nugget of truth and that could lead you down a, a whole rabbit hole that you know flips your brain and now you're thinking the earth is flat. But, uh, that one always that one rubs me the wrong way a lot, but not because it's space. Because the whole point of it was to be, hey, don't believe everything. It, it was kind of a like, you know, believe the Earth is flat because you know don't trust scientists a hundred percent right away. Make sure you you know ask questions, and then people just took it over and were like, hey, the Earth is flat, and stopped asking well, questions. You could say the same thing for the the guy who said all the birds were eradicated by the government and they were all replaced with cameras or monitoring, whatever. And then he had thousands and thousands of people, (coughs) excuse me, who believed that birds were robots and drones that were flying around recording people. And then he came out later and said, well, it was a metaphor for, you know, don't believe everything that you see. Well, yeah, and then people just took it and ran with it as a meme. Right, but I'm saying somebody somewhere looked at a bird and was like, yeah, that could be a, a drone. You know, <sighs> no. the, the larger, the, the concept I'm trying to throw at you, which you're actively rejecting, is, is the... Uh, it's funny how easy it is to fall into the trap of. No, um, I agree with that because there is a lot of things. My thing is with the Mandela effect. I'm still. Uh, there's a whole thing about that. But yes, I do agree. It is very easy to fall into uh, certain ways. Like, there are pipelines to push people towards certain political ideologies or certain things that are disguised as everyday normal stuff like the amount of because i i started looking into this myself um because there's a a pipeline to the far far right which is you know not republican it like fascist level right and the people that like the YouTubers that I used to look at or watch that were in this pipeline to the extreme, right? Surprising. Well, but I think in, in that sense, I would classify that as a sense of conspiracy theory too, because you know, those people exist to an extent, but the, those far outlandish ideologies aren't, they're seated, which is the same thing with a conspiracy, in my opinion, because you're talking about like uh, another Mandela effect one was the Berenstein Bears. You know, people always thought it was the Berenstein, S T E I N, but it was actually the Berenstein, S T A I N Bears. But I distinctly remember it both ways. You know, hearing yeah. it one way. But that was something else that I learned. Like, memory memory is not good. Memory can't be trusted. Um, Which is what, that's what all the psychologists said based on the Mandela effect, was that the memory can't be trusted, right? So 
your memory is like a computer that store you know, everything you store every time you access it it degrades a little bit well it's not so much that it's degrading it's just you're constantly storing stuff so what what we got really good at doing was um the way it was explained to me is you know you'll remember stuff good right away but then your brain has to kind of process it and store it and so it starts getting rid of details that uh you can it it kind of strips it down and strips it down until you're left with just you know certain important context stuff and and then you when you try and recall it your brain and you just kind of piece together everything else like oh that that color of that wall should have been white because the other one was real white you know, I remember that white wall, but I don't remember I don't remember this wall, but it's it's got to be white as well. And you you piece back together the memory and that's what you're left with. And that's why that's why things memory is so easy to to corrupt would be the best way to put it. Because the the, the other thing that was explained was that if you had someone you trusted and they were like, ah, you remember that time you threw up on the Ferris wheel? And even if you had never been on the Ferris wheel, they can potentially convince you that you threw up on a Ferris wheel. Even though you never had. Like, the, the brain does a lot of things that are are weird. Like that whole right, Sinbad. Is, no, the Sinbad one, they... I did some digging and... He did make that movie. No, I know. That's what I'm saying is there's a lot of them that can be easily disproven because that's it's. Uh, I think the one the one that I like the most is the Oscar Mayer one. I don't know if you know much about that one, but uh, basically everybody thought Oscar Mayer was M-E-Y-E-R, but it's actually M-A-Y-E-R. And uh, people who are way into conspiracy think that. uh because they went and found all their old weenie whistles that had the spelling on it, and they're like, "Oh, it says A." The somebody must have changed it. But see, that's just bad memory. And again, that's like you were saying. That's that's memory coming from someone. All it all it takes is one person. Like if you were to go out and say, "Oh, you know." There was definitely a, a orange Power Ranger. You know, like I, I hundred percent remember an orange Power Ranger, and convinced enough people that there was an orange Power Ranger, you could potentially, you know, say, "Oh, well, just another Mandela effect." You know, there used to be an orange Power Ranger, and people are going to be like, "I kind of remember that," even though it never. Well, I I agree. And then, then it got me down this whole rabbit hole. And this is honestly what I've been thinking about the last two days, which is why we're talking about it at this moment. But it's kind of it's kind of uh, fascinating, like I said to me, where even looking at aliens, you know, you think that aliens exist. I think that there's a high probability that aliens aliens exist. Well, where did flying saucers come from? Somebody saw something weird in the sky one time, and that's where aliens, you know, uh, flying saucers came from. And now there's millions of people who search for flying saucers every day. Yes. See, that one's going to be tough because it's like we've talked, we've talked ad nauseum about aliens, but. It's one of the ones where it's it sucks digging into history because then you find out a lot of the shitty things that happened. Well, yes, um, and that's what I that's what I do every day while I'm out doing my doing my thing is I listen to podcasts about old history and and conspiracy theories and all this crazy stuff. And it gets it really gets my brain thinking, and just why I like to do it is because I'm constantly questioning things. So and I will tell you this: 
I used to be a big thing about not so much aliens in Egypt and all that stuff, just like the whole aliens had something to do with Egypt or Atlantis or all that. A lot of those were started by like white supremacists. And it was to erase the accomplishments of the people who actually built the, the monuments and everything. Well, but that's also been a, a huge contention. I'm assuming you're talking about like the pyramids because yes. there's the, there's been all this, you know, everybody speculated over the years that oh the there was never enough manpower to build what they built and there's the technology wasn't great enough to build a pyramid. See, that's that's the white supremacy talking points though. Because there was a ton of people in Egypt. And that's why I was kind of like, oh, I you know, I used to like the Egyptian myths, but you know, that type of stuff. I'm not going to, you know, perpetrate that because that's just ridiculous. And I don't know, it's just I think I think my perspective is that it's not a it's not a logical thing, but it's it seems to be very easy to fall down a conspiracy theory rabbit hole and come out the other side and be like, I believe that because it only takes a little bit of convincing. And at the end, you could really be saying like, man, somebody's right. You know, this uh, I'm, I keep trying to pepper in like all these good conspiracy theories that I know so that I can just reference them and here you go. What? But, you know, oh. maybe I think that simulation theory is real because I had deja vu that one time. See, those are different. Because it, they, they're not... A, you can't prove them. B, you can't disprove them. Because it's... Correct. You know, could we be... Men in Black 3 and the atomic, you know, our galaxy is just an atom. Or not galaxy. Yeah, galaxy is just an atom in a much bigger being. You know, does the universe perpetuate that way? Yeah, it's that, hard to say. That's the thing. Like, those type of theories are conspiracies. And I wouldn't even call them conspiracy. They're just more theories that... We can't answer. And that's why it's like right. simulation theory and not conspiracy. Because the, there's nothing to conspire against. Like, could we be all be in a simulation? Absolutely. Is there that one that, you know, where I could... Because I am the only person I know and can interact with mentally is myself. Am I the sole person of this universe? And is my mind just creating everything else around me? You know, Could be. Stuff like that. Those are... Well, I heard... I heard another one today that cracked me up. It was about the boson. The Oh, yeah. They, every time they, they run the Hadron Collider, they uh, rip a tear in the universe, basically. Yeah, we had talked about that one before. Uh... Because it happened in 2012, didn't it? Uh, uh, 20... Yeah, I can't remember the date, but maybe it was 2008, I think. Was it 2008? But I know that, you know, there was a lot of people that thought that when they particle collided those for the first time that they tore a hole in the universe, which is how the Mandela effect actually started. But I think it's like I said, it's, it's, it, it was a interesting piece of thought that I had today as I was driving around. I said, you know, listening to these things and hearing people talk about them, it makes sense how conspiracy theories can become a thing. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, they kind of spread rapidly uh, amongst the masses and, and all of a sudden, you've got 
Illuminati and New World Order and QAnon. all that kind of crazy stuff. Yeah, QAnon. It's just well, QAnon. I think was that was more. Uh, that was somebody trying to create that more than anything. Oh no, absolutely! It was the owner of the site, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah. I mean. And that's the other thing is we live in an age unlike anything else. Like I said, with like with Russia, they were not expecting. Like information works both ways, like they were using their information or information that was being shared out of Ukraine to attack Ukraine. But Ukraine also turned around and used the information that Russia was sharing as their propaganda to attack them. Uh we're in an era we're in the utmost point of information it cannot go faster than what it currently does technically like almost everyone knew russia was invading ukraine that night even when we were kids it would have been something like sure they might have done a breaking news story if anyone had heard or, you know, if that news had gotten out of Ukraine that fast. But then you would have to also be listening to the news at the right time to catch that, you know, the war had started. I have a feeling we may have lost Chris. Hey, sorry if if I left you hanging, dude. I got a <laughs> I got a cramp in my hamstring, and <laughs> uh, honestly, I had to leave so I wouldn't uh, curse all over the podcast. Because no, you're ow. good. So what I was saying is, we live in an era, in a time frame where information is as fast as it's going to get, and uh. Yeah, stuff like Ukraine. Everyone, almost everyone knew Ukraine was under attack that day. Like, same with, like, I didn't watch the Grammys. But I knew about the incident, like, five minutes after it happened. Truth. Like, information, we're at that peak where information proliferates massively and quickly. That, that that did not sound right at all. Uh, but there's... We're just in uncharted well, times. And it's kind of like the game of telephone, right? You know, you, you say one thing to one person, and then by the time it gets to the end of the line, it's something totally different. And I, you know... Once again, going back to it, it's it was a thought that I had that I was, you know, I thought it was provoking enough to be something to speak about. Because, you know, I could come out tomorrow and say that, uh, well, Bigfoot's, I was just going to say that Bigfoot is real. But, well, most people, a lot of people believe that Bigfoot is real. And it, that's a that's another one that's completely divisive. And you have so many people who will defend, you know, vehemently that they have seen Bigfoot or that they know Bigfoot's real. If we would have, if Bigfoot was real, we probably would have found it by now. Same with Loch Ness. Like, you can make, you can make the small claim that there are still animals that are being discovered, but those are usually in extremely remote parts of the world. Or like remote micro uh, biomes in dense rainforests. I I don't I don't think there's a, a giant dude walking around the Pacific Northwest. Right, and from a logical perspective, which is what we're looking at it from, it's crazy. But from an illogical expect perspective, 
it makes total and complete sense. And I think that's what grabbed me the most about the whole thought that I had was it's funny how illogical it is when you step back from a, you know, 10 foot view or whatever. But when you're, when you're in it, it can spiral so quickly because all it takes is that one thing to, for you to be like, all right, I believe this. And then boom, you're in a conspiracy theory and you got your tinfoil hat on and microchips are being embedded and you know, all this crazy crap that goes on. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's the thing that gets me too. there's the illogical logic, the illogical. I can't say that word because I don't think it's real and it's very hard. Um, <laughs> illogical. Well, no, I was going to say the opposite of logical. Um, no, I was just going to say that people overlook simple logic when it comes to like, like the microchips. Like if they really wanted to microchip you, they, they already have. I've explained why it's it's pointless for them to do that. Right, but no matter how much you, you try and explain things, it always comes back to a number of people who are going to go, you're wrong. Yeah, and it's... I think, like I said, that's just what intrigues me the most is that maybe looking at it as it's not a logical thing, it's it's more of a emotional thing of, I believe Nelson Mandela was dead in the 80s because someone told me that, and that's what I remember. And if you look at it that way, I could see myself falling down that conspiracy theory very quickly based off of that one little nugget. That's all it took was that one little nugget of me saying, no, no, he didn't die in 2013. That's not how it went. And then all of a sudden I'm skyrocketing into complete conspiracy. Yes. Like Thor. It's, it, <laughs> it was kind of beautiful. It was fun to think about because... You know, that's what conspiracy is. It's just, it's a theory. It doesn't, you know, if any any of them had been uh, proven by now, more of them would be proven. But they're not, because new ones pop up every day, and we still don't have lizard people under the earth, and we know that the earth is round. So, I don't know, I guess for me, it's just fun to step back and look at it and think about it and... And kind of realize that it's you're at where I was a year ago. I don't know what that means. I had the same views a year ago. Well, because I used to do the same thing. I used to look into them like and then I stepped back and was like, these are all. No, you look at the origins or you look at the purpose behind them and you're like, well. That's all shitty. Well, and I, yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't necessarily buy into any one conspiracy theory, but man, it's fun. Everybody out there, take a look at a conspiracy theory that you've never looked at before. It'll blow your mind. In one way or another, it's going to blow your mind. You might look at it and say, this is the dumbest thing I've ever read. Or you might follow it because, you know, you get grabbed in. You know, you start to get pulled in just a teeny tiny little bit. And then all of a sudden I thought about, I was thinking about it when I was looking, uh, listening to the Higgs boson one. I said, what if we were at some point swallowed by a black hole and we just came out the other side because our mass is so great. We came out the other side and we are in a parallel universe. I mean, uh, you can't disprove it. You know, go ahead and try and prove that it didn't happen. I don't think you can. You can say it didn't happen. You can't prove it. You know, but that's also goes back to the whole point of uh, if that one is real, then a lot of other ones are real. So I don't know. It was fun. I figured it would be 
a little bit of riveting conversation for the podcast tonight. Uh, I know you don't necessarily like conspiracy theories as much as I do, but it's not that it's that I, when I, uh, I should say I have learned that the damage that some of them can cause. Like, oh, absolutely. And the fact that some of them are, you know, used as dog whistles and all of that for other nefarious shit. I think it kind of it kind of likens itself to cults, and cults are never good for anybody. So, I mean, yes, there can be some harm that comes from them, and that's you know all the way up. That's basically that's the responsibility of the person who's involved, but. If you're like me and you can take a pragmatic approach to it and look at it from a purely intellectual process. Ooh, what do we got? This is the conspiracy chart. Um, uh, I'm going to come off of this. Keep talking. Oh, I've done it again. Yeah, Ian messed it up again. Okay. Uh, so this is what I, the chart that I found. Um... I'm going to get it set up before I, I zoom back into it. God, I absolutely hate Windows 10. <laughs> oh, this will do. New conspiracy theory. Windows 10 was born just to piss you off. I mean, it's not, uh, not far off. All right. So you have conspiracies that are... Uh, Detached from reality. And it's... Oh, for now it's going to do this. Okay. Like, you have QAnon and no. Deep State and George Soros and Pizzagate and all of these. Then you have the anti-Semitic. Then you just have reality denial. Like, the Titanic never sank. And it's just... This is a very terrible image. But uh, oh, Intel Pro, Watergate. Well, and well see, those are things. Those are things we know worth. I mean, those have kind of been proven at this point. Yeah, I wish this image was better. Hold on, let me see if I can find a better one because that's ridiculous. Um. Yeah, I don't know why. Oh, high quality interactive version. That's what I needed. Okay. I gonna make me Our fight. Technology guy is having technical difficulties. No, it's because the uh, the stupid. All right, so yeah, you have speculation, which is things that are that actually happen, like the Tuske Tuskegee experiment, Project Marking Bird, all that. MK Ultra Operation Paperclip. Yeah, and then you have, you know, Area 51, UFOs, things that uh yeah, like we live in a simulation. These are things that are like we have questions that, you know, there's things that could Ooh, Denver be Denver International Airport. That's a good one. Uh Yeah. If you If you ever get a chance anybody listening, uh check out the Denver International Airport conspiracy theories. Those ones are quite fascinating. Sorry, I had to answer a question. Um, but then you have reality denial, and that's, you know, it's not bad, but it's like Ted Cruz is a Zodiac killer, which I always thought was funny. Um, well, but it doesn't make sense. Well, but I mean, you're also going to say the Titanic never sank? <laughs> Well, no, but and then you, know, you have Tupac. That's a one that's always been around. But I know. But then you get into the ones that are like, like really bad, or you know, like chemtrails or Biden as a robot. That these are all like, these are potentially harmful. I I, I do oh, like the so. So before we, since you brought, pulled that up, we can kind of uh, segue away from, because we're getting to the end of the episode. 
But did you see that the, the SpaceX robot that they're saying now they're going to be able to download your brain into, basically? Uh, I don't I don't like that. I mean, I'm not saying so, it's not a possibility, but. So they've been making Tesla has been making a humanoid robot that theoretically is only going to be used for what you've talked about in the past is like boring time wasting tasks that they can give to a robot, you know, manufacturing work, stuff like that. Uh, essentially it's just a humanoid robot that will do tasks. And Elon Musk came out and said, look, once we get this technology settled and get it, everything working, you'll be able to eventually download your personality and your, basically what makes you, you, you will be able to download that into the robot and you won't be physically alive anymore because your body will be useless, but you'll be alive in the robot. Nothing. Sorry, I was still here. Um, so it's it's very potentially possible. Possible. It's just I have problems with. I don't think it'll ever work. Well, I don't know if it'll ever work either, but I just. I got a kick out of the story because I said, I said, well, that's the way that humans will live to be along, you know, 200 years old is they'll be robots. Yeah, I. Which then you could you could throw into a whole bunch of conspiracy theories and see my two cents. My two cents on that is even if it becomes possible, it will never be legal. Well, that's the, a possibility as well. The reason being is because religions are very they don't want people to be immortal. Well, of course not. And, you know, you would you could theoretically say that if you if you put your cognitive abilities into a robot, uh then wars would become pointless you know there'd be a there'd be a whole list of things in there but it's definitely something to think on it's it's a uh thought-provoking topic of discussion because there's so many different variables that go into ethics uh you know just being a human there's there's a lot to dive into there that you know, we could do a whole podcast on that, probably. Yeah. I mean, you would disagree on 90% of it, but that's just how the world turns. Yeah. So, well, we're at 1010, John. I, we, you know, did pretty good. We talked about 3D printing. Me and John are working on a big 3D printing, 3D printing project. Which was, at the moment. ironically, eclipsed and already done on April Fool's. But it, it wasn't done the way we were going to do it. So we still have hope. We, st- we still have hope. Actually, you know what? No. It's, but it, it, we can talk about it. Let's talk about it. Fill out the next like, two, three minutes real quick. Um, because the thing is, is someone already has done it. That was going to be our big thing was we were going to try and do it and... Uh, He's speaking of 3D printing a guitar neck. But the fact that someone's already and done it. Hackaday, that's what it was. Like, he, he 3D printed a complete guitar neck. Now, he used an idea that I was going to attempt, or one of them, which was using a truss rod. But we have since 
alternate it and come up with an even better idea. So this really didn't. It only it only annoys me because it came out just as we were starting to get going on it. Right, we were we were just a little too late to the party, <clears throat> but we are. Uh... We're working on a cool concept. Hopefully we can show off in the near future. Um, I am super excited. We're going to be 3D printing a guitar. It's going to be awesome. Uh, it's very custom, very unique. It's going to be, you know, basically one of a kind, but we're, we're really excited about it. We're uh, actively working on it. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a pride project at this point, but I like playing guitar and the thought of 3d printing guitars is pretty awesome. So, you know, that's where I'm at. And that guy looks crazy. Yes. It is kind of cool though, that he kind of proved the concept. So we potentially can do it and well, not have, have I... any ill effects from it. I knew it was going to be possible. It's just a lot of the criticism, which I kind of, I'm going to put on guitar elitism. Because. Well, I'll even second that because I think there's a lot of purists yeah. in guitars. So the second you start talking about 3D printed guitars, a lot of people are like, oh, that's hokum. You know, it's ridiculous. You it won't, yeah, it won't sound as good. That stuff. But that's that's in everything. I just think guitars are especially going to be hard because even if you were to, because I I wanted to show Chris something. There's a way to make uh, 3D prints even stronger, even with 100% infill. You can make them stronger by uh, curing them in salt. So interesting. This is something we're going to have to look into, and I'll send you a link to the to the the, the curing and salt stuff. But, um, I think we can make a guitar neck that is just as strong as wood, and that will uh, the my, our biggest thing is we want to make sure that it doesn't lose um tuning. Like every guitar loses tuning. I I'm assuming you're expensive guitar loses tuning pretty quickly, right? Eh, I wouldn't really say quickly. But I mean... It eventually will, yes. But not... I, I mean, if you not had instant, to... If, you know. if you had to guess, how often do you have to go in and tune it? Mm, really depends on how much I'm playing. Like, if I let it sit for a month... I might have to tune it up before I play. But for the most part, you know, you might have a little tweak here and there from day to day, but, but it doesn't lose tune that often. So realistically, we would just have to make a neck that can keep a tune for about a month, sitting for about a month. Yeah, I would say, I mean, if, if you can let it sit for a month and it stays in tune, that's better than most guitars for sure. Okay, that's our that's our goal. We're gonna make a guitar neck that is three D printed and will not lose tune for a month. I don't think we're gonna do it, but we're gonna try. That's all it is. Just trying, just figuring out where you are and shoot for it. And in this case, John, we're gonna go with uh, what is it? G F A S S G F F S U. Yeah, G F F S U. Go. <laughs> Okay. Oh. Yeah, it took me a second. That's your, your new yes. catchphrase. <laughs> we said it. And then... Go fast, fuck shit up. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, hopefully that'll be here next week for us to uh, unveil. I'm really hoping to have that done this weekend. Well, at least, you know, have it all nailed down and, and uh, hopefully if everything goes well, we'll unveil it on the podcast. If not, um, we'll have it at some point, but it is going to be quick and it's going to come fierce. So stay tuned. 
But while we're at 1016, John, let's wrap it up. Uh, <clears throat> another episode, episode 55, double high fives going on. A um, little bit of everything tonight. We talked a lot about a conspiracy theory. Thank you for going on that journey with me because that's all I could think about the last two days. And, yeah. Uh, it's nice I- to be able to get that off my brain because you know what? When you spend a, a couple days in conspiracy theory, things get weird. That's just how it goes. It's just a shame I didn't actually get to. I, I had a joke for this episode too, and I ugh. we didn't actually get around to talking about like Russia and their bombs or missiles, and how. Well, I mean, we talked about it, but you know how they they have all these missiles that are designed to attack us, and they're potentially using them on poor cows out in the middle of fields. It's a test subject. Yeah, I know, but it's the new it's, the new method of cooking steak. Oh no, no, I, I, I guess it was context, and that's why I wasn't pushing it. But yeah, when I, I was talking to my coworker last night, and I was like, you know, Russia's doing all this, and they're using their their extremely expensive missiles on stationary objects, taking out the poor cow that's in the middle of the field with a, a million dollar missile. You know. Well, yeah, they, uh, cows don't move (laughs) or move Uh, as we like to say. No. (laughs) So you let us, you let us go a few seconds too long. I got to throw in that really crappy pun. So I think we're going to be working on potential guitar tomorrow instead of space engineers. Is that my understanding, Chris? Yes, I am 100% on guitar. Space engineers can wait. I need to get this out of my brain. It has been driving me nuts. I'll have everything ready for us tomorrow. So, yes, we will be working on that. Okay. We may or may not so, stream it. It kind of just depends. but Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that goes uh, as far as the streaming. It may not be a terrible idea. So, anybody who wants to listen... Or come view us what we're doing. You can you can watch that. And uh, I think that'll wrap us up. Uh, everybody, thank you for listening. And uh, we'll get back to uh, Space Engineers soon. But we're going to do this guitar. Hopefully unveil it on the podcast next week. If not, the week after. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I got to bone up on my soldering skills. Because it's been a while. <clears throat> So, uh, for me and John, uh, solo episode again, but you know what? We're going to find our groove. Everything will get back to the way it should be and we'll keep working. But until then go boldly friends.